Welcome to the Imbibe Live Conversations podcast with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. By tuning in, you are joining a community that will inspire you to increase balance, wellness, and joy in your life. We will offer expert information and insightful conversations to help us all on our journey to live more in vibe. For more information and articles, remember to also check out our website at imbibelife.com. That's E-N-V-I-B-E-L-I-F-E.com. We're grateful that you are here. Hello, welcome to Invibe Life Conversations with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. We are joined today by a much anticipated guest. Today we have Lord Gavin McLeod Valentine with us. That is a big name for a big name. We're so excited to have you here today. I'm so thrilled to be here and uh, thank you so much for inviting me to participate in your amazing podcast. Oh, well, thank you. And then the other um, thing we're going to talk about today, besides Lord Gavin and all of his amazing experiences in life and his expertise in skincare, but he has now also joined with the celebrity cult face care brand, Augustinius Botter, that Cheryl and I are also pretty much in love with. And we can't wait to hear all about all of it. So let's start with you. First of all, Lord Gavin is not a gimmick, you are actually a Scottish. Lord. I am. I come from a very old, uh, distinguished family in Scotland, uh, the McLeod and McLeods. And I can actually trace my background all the way back to my great, 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 great grandfather, who was King Robert the Bruce of Scotland. So deeply tenured within that country. And it's quite funny because I think when one grows up with that sort of historical understanding of oneself, there is this motivation to do something that is seismic, right? There's an idea and there's a motivation to sort of leave one's own legacy. And so in in many ways, I feel like on a daily basis, it's about living up to the name in a certain extent, but it's also a bit of fun. Let's be real. It's enjoyable. And that's why I moved to America. So I could be treated like the Duchess of York. I love it. I love it. So you get the pleasure of working with a lot of celebrities and their skincare. And I know everybody looks at the people in Hollywood and says, oh, their skin's so amazing. What's their secret? I think you know that secret. I think I might have a few tricks, but I think what's so interesting before we get into the sort of razzle dazzle of Hollywood, I think any of us who become skincare professionals, right, we we often arrive at this point because we have our own issues with our skin. We're looking to problem solve and to find effective technology that can really bring about clarity of complexion. But more than that, it's about mental health. It's about empowerment. It's about showing up with confidence, right? And I think that when you have skin issues and through my whole teenage life, I was plagued with acne. You become a sort of a warrior to find that information. And so the reason I work with celebrity, it's sort of as a bit of a mistake in a, in a weird way. I'll condense the story very quickly for you. For about 10 years, I worked in fashion, luxury and beauty, public relations. I joined a skincare brand that had pioneered the oxygen facial. I had this idea. Why don't we create a division of the company that creates a service that provides treatments 
to clients when they need to look their ultimate best and when it matters most. Um, I sort of went out there into the ether to procure some talent. Halle Berry uh, came back requesting a treatment. I said, okay, uh, the esthetician will be on her way. And then it was like, er, what do you mean? Because really what had happened is she had been sold or bought into me. And so there was an expectation that I would be giving her a facial. I had no idea what I was doing, but I wasn't going to let this opportunity pass me by. So I rocked up to her apartment in New York the day of the Met Gala about six years ago. And I gave her an oxygen facial quite poorly. But in that process, I sort of just organically wanted to get more out of the treatment. And I thought if I can articulate the cheeks and pull them up and away, if I can strengthen the jawline and lift the brow, then what I can do is I can communicate a sense of energy. And energy is what telegraphs a sense of youthful vitality. And so I did that and she got up from the table. She looked in the mirror, she turned around and she looked so confident. And in my mind, my own critical thinking, I said, God, I'm good. And in many ways, what that did is it really showed me where I wanted to spend my time and my energy. It was about helping people with a measurable pressure to look perfect, get to a point where they could be innately confident in who they inherently were without apology and without seeking permission, and to elevate and sort of magnify the energy so they could meet the expectation of the public. And so that's really how I ended up working with a celebrity clientele. Um, I did get training, obviously. I uh, did my professional courses. I actually went on to do facial massage techniques with a retired geisha. But during that period of time when I was training and doing uh, my schooling, I was getting calls from Kim Kardashian, Julianne Moore, Kate Blanchett, Susan Sarandon. And it sort of was snowballing somewhat out of my control. But I think that sometimes in life, one has to pay attention to those signs. When you find congruency and when you feel enlivened by what you're doing, then I think that's a good sign you're on the right track. Oh my goodness, this is what we call living in vibe. vibe. Yeah, (laughs) the name of our company, In Vibe Life. This is what we're talking about that, and you will find success if you're listening to those cues and floating on the wings of what you find fun and meaningful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And being aware of the energy you put out. I feel like that's what you're putting into your facial and your massage techniques for the face. Mm. It's like you're trying to elude an energy with it. Exactly. I always say, listen, you can, and most of us are augmented at this day and age. So I always say you can lift it, you can freeze it, you can fill it, you can fry it. But if you're not addressing the well-being, the health of the skin, the hydration of the skin, then you don't look young. And I look at sort of TikTokers, Gen Z, even sort of uh, borderline millennials, and they're very uh, lined quite often around their eyes, around their neck, because of the constant blue light in our faces and the constant technology up our wazoo. And, but that doesn't make them look old. Do you know what I mean? Like you can see a 22 year old that's got crow's feet, but you know, they're 22. So wrinkles 
aren't really the sign of age in the way that maybe they once were. It's about the energy. It's about the radiance. It's about the vitality and the well-being of the skin. That to me is what really communicates a sense of youthful capability. There are so many things I want to go back and, and peel the banana of everything you just said there. And I think the biggest one that stood out to me is, first of all, it's not just celebrities, though. Everyone wants Mm. to look good and everyone has their confidence tied to their outer appearance. Mm. And I thought you made an important point in tying it even to mental health and wellness and confidence. And any parent who's ever had a teenager with acne knows how they just want to hide away at times, whether they even admit it or not, and how important your outward appearance can be to mm-hmm. how you feel about yourself and your overall well-being. Absolutely. And I think what's so fascinating, if you take teenage skin or even 20s, 30s, I mean, listen, I still break out. God knows Honestly, why. Honestly, any woman who's gone through any hormonal changes. Oh, now, menopause, watch out. It's horrible. Um, For me, it was worse than being a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, because I think there's sort of a sense you grow out of these things, right? Oh, that's behind me. And what is so interesting, and I kept wondering why spots, right? Zits, whatever we want to call them, why they are so demoralizing to our ability to show up. And what I realized when I took a deep dive to my inner subconscious child is I really looked and thought it was a sense of never feeling clean, never feeling pure in a certain way. And You know, you look at all the other approaches to acneic skin and their acids this and they put you on fire and they do all these things or you go and reaccutane and sort of a war zone, but you never really feel fresh and available, right? And so I think there is a big mental component that goes into um, skin stresses, skin concerns. And I, I don't think we talk on, enough about it in society. And I think we approach it from a very superficial, aesthetic, charged way, but it's so much more than that. And I think to your banana al- you know, analogy, if you pull that away, you realize that it's simply people who don't feel that they are good enough. And that's what bad skin, bad being quote unquote, um, can make people feel. Oh, that's absolutely true. And then, you know, you do have those big events, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. you are, I think you've been called the king of the red carpet events. Yeah. Our like magazine that. called me yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the king of red carpet skincare, which, wow, I'd love to get into that. But, um, it, it starts with your good foundation and it starts with what are you doing for yourself every day? And I think a lot of people don't realize that. I know, you know, Cheryl and I are both sort of skincare nerds. I could care less if I'm wearing makeup 90% of the time, but I will be washing my face twice a day with with a good product. And talk about the importance of that, that, you know, it's what you do every day. And then, of course, someone like you can come in for those big moments and help. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such an important point that you touch upon. It's about having... Uh, the base is about having the behavioral foundation, right? That works towards getting to a place whereby your skin is functioning in balance, in harmony. Now, when I come in and 
treat a client for a carpet occasion, sometimes I'm working with them regularly. Sometimes we're like, okay, Matt Gala, right. Six weeks out, we're going to give you a peel. Then we're going to really up the actives within your regime to kind of get you to the place where you need to go. All right, I thought I'm getting tight. Peel, six weeks out. Yes. So you want to peel out about six weeks out. But then what's so interesting about this is that oftentimes I will only see clients day of carpet, right? And they'll go to their regular esthetician for their skin maintenance, but they know that I know how to snatch a face. So they want me to come and do that and hydrate it. But you're right. Clients, anybody who doesn't commit to having an effective skincare regime on the daily, very rarely achieve the results that they're trying to get to. So I have basic rules. You're going to wash your face actually three times a day. Um, What I mean by that is in the morning, you're going to do a cleanser, like a very gentle hydrating cleanser in the morning post-sleep. What people forget or they don't understand, oh, I washed my face last night. Okay, but your sebum expulsion is expedited and enhanced throughout the sleeping process. That's when the the healing process, the mechanisms occur. So our cells are turning over. The older we get, the more sluggish the cells become, they block the pore, right? Are we really changing our pillowcase every two nights? I don't think so. And so there's a lot that goes on to create congestion or a sense of fatigue within the skin. So I like a gentle cleanse, fasting in the morning, highly invigorating, sets up the blood flow and gets the the lymph drained and just kind of moves the face around in the morning and, and gets you your first pickup before coffee. At nighttime, I'm a big believer, and it's a must for me in doing a double cleanse, okay? You can use the same cleanser back to back. So wash my face, rub-a-dub-dub, splash it off, do it again. Then I'm done with my cleansing process. If you're somebody that is wearing SPF minimum of 50 every day, thank you very much, then you're going to use something like an oil cleanser or a cleansing balm, something a bit foamy. So you can really move away the makeup, the debris, the SPF. Then the next step is what I call getting the people out of my pores. So everything around me, I'm waiting in the queue at the store, I'm on the subway, wherever I'm around people and things, and then really getting into excoriate the pore, cleansing out the debris, the bacteria, anything that's going to cause problems down the line. So a double cleanse is essential at night. Uh, no debate. I did not know that. Now I had heard of the double hair wash, right? Wash your hair. Yeah. Try it. It's amazing. It makes a huge difference, but I did not know about the double face, but it makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, it gets, gets it all moving, but the second one kind of really gets it out of there. Yeah, exactly. The second one gets to the actual skin. The first one is just removing what we've put on the skin. Right. And we're all putting our products. I've got to take it up a notch. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This is really good to know because we are advocates of like, wash your face in the morning, Mm -hmm. wash your face in the evening, use your sunscreen, use your products. I have to fess up. I'm probably not the best about always putting on sunscreen, but I have a question about skincare Mm. and exercise. So say you found that the only time you can go get really sweaty and exercise is in the middle of the day. So you've already had to put your makeup on for the morning. Are you, should we always wash that makeup off before we go sweat? Ideally, one would want to do that, right? Because you're preventing any uh, potential side effect of the excessive sweating. But then you also, what I call the Madonna analogy, right? 
when she goes on tour and performs for two hours a night in a full face of makeup, it's okay. So if you don't make a regular habit out of it, it's totally fine. But I would say if you are going to work out with a full beat, as they say here in LA, and God knows I see it on Runyon Canyon, um, then just make sure that you do a really good cleanse after that workout. Don't allow the skin to dry down from the sweat too much. Um, And if you can go into the changing room, the locker room, what have you, and do a cleanse there, even if you're using the dreaded wipe, that is a situation where I will allow you to do that. Um, But do give yourself a cleanse because you just don't want the makeup and the debris getting coagulated within the pore. Right. That's good to know. Cause sometimes that's when I find my time to go run in the middle of the day. And I'm like, ah, take off my makeup before. (laughs) Well, and then, all right, now let's get on to the next topic at hand because the quality of the skincare product matters a lot too. And the way that Cheryl and I have met Lord Gavin is we have had a couple different events. We've been affiliated with the cult brand Augustinius Botter. And now you, Lord Gavin, are also affiliated with Augustinius Botter. And you're going to tell us a little bit about that brand. And I I will be the first to admit, and I kind of told this to some of the other representatives I've met with your brand before, that I'm a skincare nerd, like I said, and I had one other very well-known brand probably for at least 15 years. I Mm. was, I mean, tried and true. You could take it to the bank that that's what I had, you know, with me when I traveled by my sink at night. And I thought nothing would make me switch from that brand until I tried Augustinius Botter products. And it is that it is remarkable. You know, what you've mentioned is just so key and important here. I think when we are used to using our traditionally sourced skincare, what do I mean by that? Um, Reliable, notable, name-worthy brands in the department stores, or if we're working with a lower budget, then in the drugstore, right? We, We become comfortable with those products because they're in and around us. We're inundated by the advertising. We see the celebrity face and they become sort of a comfort for us. We also, I think, get to a point in our skin process where we think we've done it all. We've achieved it, right? Is it I'm not breaking out? Is it because my wrinkles look diminished? Those two thresholds determine whether we actually think a product is working. And so if it's working and we're getting those results, we hold tight to those. Not always understanding that actually we can further improve our skin on a much bigger level. We can actually take what we think we're content with and we can push it even farther than we knew it could go. And until we take that opportunity to try another brand, we don't quite understand that, you know, in the marathon, we're at the 20th mile and that's a great feat, but we haven't quite crossed the finish line. So it's kind of how I like to look at it. One thing that I'll pick up on, because I'll be, I'll get in trouble if I don't say it. You have picked up something really quite funny, which is how to pronounce the name of the brand. <laughs> okay, no, no. So what am I doing? You're adding an I to it. And we've all done it. I call it St. Augustine for the longest time. So oh. it's Augustinus, Augustinus. Thank Bada. you. Um, 
and I, I have it Augustina Fogg. I probably said it four times before we came on. Know, Augustina Spotter. We all, all do it. We all do it. We're all guilty of it. So, um, so Augustina Spotter. If anybody's going to uh, require, you know, inquire about it. But so let me tell you about Augustina Spotter. Why it's really the the greatest skincare of all time, as ascribed to them by Women's Wear Daily in a panel of industry peers and notables unpaid. I think that's always important to point out that we have over 100 awards unpaid for, which is quite different in this industry. Augustinus Bada is a real man, Professor Augustinus Bada. And he is one of the world's foremost authorities in stem cell biology, stem cell communication, and is a resident professor at the University of Leipzig. He is a leader in regenerative medicine, and he has spent over 30 years working on wound healing technology how to dramatically and drastically repair incredible skin trauma. And one of his primary focuses of recent years and his real innovation of which he's achieved quite a lot of uh, notoriety is about creating this wound gel using something called TFC. It's a trigger factor complex. And he used that in a study with young children who had been incredibly badly burnt, second degree, third degree burns. Now, when you're a child of that age and you suffer skin trauma to that degree, it means that your trauma does not live and die within that one moment, right? We can talk about the psychological trauma that will be with us for a long time, but there's a physical re-trauma process that occurs because as a skin is highly ablated and eventually died, dead, it cannot regenerate. And so what happens is you have a child, let's say who's five years old, who has a terrible burn, every year until they're about 18 or when they finish growing, they're going to have to have surgery after surgery after surgery, replacing that wounded area with a skin graft. Okay. Think about that. Think about what that must be like to have this incredibly terrifying, traumatic moment, but to re-perpetuate the memory of it. I think that's something that is just so shocking to think about. And that's where Professor Augustinus Bader's heart really comes into the mix because he looked at the physical wound and the internal emotional wound and said, this isn't good enough. And so he created this wound gel that dramatically and radically brought about skin resolution to the point that just a couple of months later from this excessive um, skin trauma, there was full resolution of the scars with no need for skin graft and no scar left behind. It is worth going on the website and looking at some of those studies because it's quite remarkable. A picture says a thousand words. That's what they always say, right? And then in this case, it does. And so he realized that he had created something really special, that he sort of turned the science community on its head. And oftentimes what one thinks is that you have to go external to the body to draw in stem cells. So we're harvesting it, we're propagating it from bone marrow, things of that nature. But he said, actually, no, you have enough stem cells. Just the older we get, uh, the communication is weary. It's like playing a game of telephone. I can't quite get through on the line. And so that's what happens when when cells are really destroyed, really sort of uh, corrupted. They can't get the messenger across the ravine of trauma 
to create the healing process. And so through his wound gel, he was able to do that. Now, what was shocking, and I think still kind of takes my breath away, is that he could not get funding from any of the big pharmaceutical companies for this initiative because they looked at it and said, what we think is incredible, but there aren't enough burn victims in the Western world to make it profitable for us. Just think about that. Think about the fact that there are parents and there are families and there are children who are living through the angst of that occasion with no um, alternative route than surgery, right? So he was horrified by this. Charles Rosier, who is our CEO and co-founder, he was um, an investment banker. I mean, he was really an entrepreneur. And he was, uh, you know, he was looking and researching and funding biotech at the time. And he was introduced to Professor Bader. And as soon as he saw those images of what he was able to do from a repair perspective, he said, we've got to get this funded. Your research needs to live on. It needs to find life. And after a bit of chewing and froing and thinking out loud, Charles had suggested to Augustinus, could you translate your medical wound gel, your TFC, into a cosmetic grade formulation that could target skin well-being? Could it look at fine lines and wrinkles? Could it look at collagen production? Could it look at um, pigmentation? Could it look at um, laxity? And Professor Bardis said, yes, I, I think I could. But he sort of dragged his feet for a little bit because, you know, from being an uber scientist focused on medical, it's a bit of a head uh, change to think about creating a skincare brand. But the ideal was that by creating this brand, it could fund the research. And so that's how about four and a half years ago, the cream and the rich cream, which have gone on to become iconic products within the industry, was born using a cosmetic distillation of that medical knowledge. So the TFC became TFC8. And TFC8, which powers all of the skincare within the AB collection, is comprised of high-grade vitamins, um, amino acids, and bioidentical synthesized molecules. They sort of act like carrier systems. So they provide to the skin cells the perfect optimal environment for regeneration. So when you're using a product, you're onboarding Professor Bader's understanding of biological wisdom, and you're restoring the communication within the skin to bring about those enhanced results that have now been waxed lyrical around the world. Hi, it's Amy. If you're enjoying the content you're hearing on this podcast, then Cheryl and I hope that you'll go check out our website at invibelife.com. On the website, you will find tons of articles, our archive podcast, links to our social media, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all where you can find more information on curating the life you most want in order to live in vibe. We hope you'll check it out. I really wish people would understand this. And Cheryl and I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Botter at an event at Neiman Marcus here in Austin last fall. And he is also just the loveliest man. Mm. You can tell he was a scientist and very humbled by his work and kind of like overwhelmed that the cosmetic industry, but women like Amy and I, that I feel like we're just average everyday women that are trying to look our best have really embraced this product. I felt like he was a little like bashful about it, you know? He was, but also I think he was delighted. Delighted. Yes. Mm -hmm. Lovely, lovely man, Mm -hmm. you know? 
you know, it's it's so fascinating because you know he's such um he's such an incredibly impressive man with such a vital knowledge of of all of it that I think for him it's it's exciting and it's uh it's a joyride in a way, right? Yeah. Because he's funding his research, but he's also empowering so many people to feel good about who they are. And it's interesting because you said something just a moment ago, which I thought was quite, quite interesting and illuminating. You described yourselves as typical average women. I think what we need to get away from is this understanding that we are not all in each of us uniquely precious and valuable. There's nothing average about what you're doing with your life. There's nothing average about building a family or creating a circle of trust within friends, having a dialogue, having an open communication, being able to share uh, opposing points of view and have that discourse. I think we need to start thinking about the fact that we are our own best advocates. And I always empower people and especially my clients is to show up for yourself describe yourself how you wish to be seen. And I'm sitting here looking at both of you looking, you know, glamorous with an inch of your life and there's nothing average about you. And I think that's what Professor Bada understands too. Skincare is not that bigger a shift from medical care. One is about physical wound healing. One about is about physical improvement or transformation from a aesthetic perspective. But all of it is about showing up and feeling good and safe and settled and empowered with where we are. Wow. That's impressive and very empowering for not just us, but for everybody listening. I mean, your wealth of knowledge is phenomenal. And the message that you send, like Amy and I had said, is very in vibe. We feel super strong about um, what you're feeling inside is a direct reflection of what you see on the outside. And yeah. it is very, very important. And like you said, that inner child work, you know, what you're telling yourself, all of that. And that's why Amy and I also find that it's important to talk about brands like this, you know, mm -hmm. that these are out there and these are not just, um, I feel like sometimes now, when women are actively trying to present themselves as their best self, they're sometimes getting bashed a little bit by the industry saying, oh, you don't have to live up to what Hollywood is doing. And it's not that we're trying to live up to what Hollywood is doing. It's that we're trying to be our best selves. Right. And I feel like sometimes that's that, right. does that make sense? It's getting that's a little exactly bit of right. a bad rap. And I think it's being your best self, you feel better. And who doesn't want to feel better? You know, it's so interesting because I think there is this sort of this feeling and it's propagated by, you know, the weekly publications, the Daily Mail, the online celebrity gossip and news that the world's apart, right? The average person, average, no one's average, but, you know, the typical person versus the celebrity. The ravine is only about this. It's only about an inch, right? It's, it's, it's the difference is not really all there. And I think when you are, or I know, when you are a working actor or actress in Hollywood, your time to work on yourself is really very limited. And a lot of clients, and I've seen my clients too, accused of doing so much filler, so much Botox, all of this. And really most of the time they're not. 
Uh, they just didn't have the time for it. They don't have the downtime from it. If they're going from filming to filming and then production and then promotional um, cycles, it's, it's very different from what people think. But what they have been able to do is to streamline the process whereby they're investing in technology, in facials, in certain doctors when it comes to that, and also using superior skincare. And I think that is why um, uh, beauty professionals such as myself and why my celebrity clientele and all of the celebrities or household names that have started to talk openly without payment about why they love Augustina Spada is because it's so simple and the results are there. And the reason why it's so simple is that we still believe that you can choose one product from our collection and you will get the results that you're striving for. Now, we do have a broadening, widening range of products. And really, that was created not as a mandate like, oh, you must all live in South Korea and have 22 you know, steps in your regime. It was more about where do we like to spend our time? And if I'm somebody through the pandemic, especially that had, maybe I'm a parent, maybe I'm working a couple of jobs, maybe I'm just dealing with anxiety of the world just turned upside down, then maybe I want my skincare regime to be part of my daily meditation. And so I don't want it to be over with one pump and I'm done. Right. Also, maybe I want a textual preference and I like to do this in the morning and this at night. And as we talked about a double cleanse, I want to use this one here and this one here. So we we expanded the the line to provide um, different offerings uh, and preferences to our customer base. But we still can be the one and done brand. The TFC8 is very interesting. And I just if I may just explain it for a little bit. The TFC-8 acts like a toolbox, okay? So it's comprised of over 47 skin beneficial ingredients in the perfect concentration to recreate that seamless communication within the skin, right? To get it back to a place of healthy skin balance and function. That's the purpose. Now, if you think about it like a toolbox, you'll, you know, I'm sure you both live in beautiful homes, Oh no, my roof is leaking. Oh no, my toilet's clogged. Oh no, that paint is peeling. What the hell's going on with the sink? You know, all of those kind of moments. There's a different tool that you would need to correct or to fix, right? So TFC8 is like a toolbox for the skin. So it's delivered to the skin through our creams, our serums, even our cleansers. You know, it runs throughout the entire collection. And what it does is your skin takes the TFC8 and it chooses what it needs from that formula moment to moment, day by day in real time. And that's why from your own personal experience and why so many clients will make that change to AB and they will continue to see refinement and improvement and enhancement within their skin. Because unlike traditional skincare brands, which focus heavily on the percentage games, oh, I've got 25% uh, vitamin A, oh, I've 30% vitamin C, that's all fine and dandy, but those classic actives only have a certain amount that they can do to the skin, right? They, They are absorbed to a certain degree, and then they've done their very finite job. With the TFC8, your skin is actually going, well, what do I need now? Oh, wait, wait, no, I need that now. And it's taking what it needs, which is why your results do not plateau. 
And that is why you can give a product or the, the line to a friend, a client, ourselves, and we're not switching it because every day we see our skin looks vital and vibrant and energized and enlivened and alert and ready. And I think that is what sets this brand, this line, this science apart from everything else on the market. I am so glad you said that because I have found this and it's true. And I remember back when we met Dr. Botter and I asked him if there was one product or there were one product you're going to buy, what would it be? And he said, either the cream or the rich cream, depending on your skin type. And if you Google the brand, oh, they're right there for those of you watching. And if you Google the brand, there's a lot of um, different editors and even just message boards that talk about the 21 day challenge of using one of the creams and mm you will get results in the 21 days, which I think is true, but I've been using it a little longer now. And I agree with you. I'm starting to get stopped by people asking me about my skincare. And I did the same to my neighbor. My, my neighbor started with our event last March um, with, with the Botter brand. She started using the rich cream and it's just recently I said, like, who are you going to see now? Or what are you doing? She said, Amy, this is the Dr. Botter brand. This is your brand that you introduced me to. And she just, all of a sudden it's a wow moment. And she hardly wears any makeup. Right. Uh, It's such a great story. And it's something I hear all the time. I'll just tell you from a personal level, you know, the week of COVID when we all shut down March, 2020, I was actually diagnosed with cancer that same week. Oh and my so throughout the, the period of the first initial lockdown and then into a little bit of 2021 and a little bit this year, I had been going through heavy rounds of radiation, immunotherapy, you know, just everything was set up against me to not look great. But every time, you know, I have to say, be careful because AB removes the sympathy because every time I would see people, I know, you look amazing. Every time I would see somebody, they're like, oh, you look so good. God, your skin looks incredible. I'm like, really? And I realized it's because Augustina's Bada was keeping my skin in tippity, tippity top shape. And despite the fact that I had all of these drugs, all of these toxins running through my body, right? I did not show them. And I think that is a real testament. And so what that did for me, and I think this is really key, and this is why we go back to the mental health discussion. Skincare is not a frivolous thing, right? We're investing in our well-being. We're investing in our mental clarity. It's our daily regime. It's our meditation. It's the, sometimes it's the one time we can lock the bathroom door and get away from the bloody kids and the husband who can't figure out what to do for himself, right? It's the moment to really care. and so. What that did for me is it kept me feeling with a world turned around and my whole sense of mortality right there in front of me. It kept me feeling like myself and kept me looking like myself. So when I looked back in the mirror, I didn't see something that was frightening. I just saw me. And I think that's something that I will always on an emotional, personal individual level, have so much love for this brand, for what it was able to do for me and what it has been able to do for so many people who are going through a, through a, a crisis or, or just a change of events in their life, right? It's also perfect, by the way, if you haven't seen friends in two years because of the pandemic, I'm saying this is get ready for your revenge reunion, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> because now we're measuring people on, well, how did you weather the storm? Right. <laughs> did you come out looking like Dawn of the Dead or did you come out looking like Sleeping Beauty? And I know which one I'm going to go for. So, 
Well, thank you for sharing that with us because yeah. I can't imagine a more profound testimonial than that one. And it just brought to mind, you know, we talk a lot about, or you hear a lot about what are you saying to the face you see in the mirror, but mm. what you're seeing in the mirror is also important to how your day goes. hundred percent. If you feel exhausted and you look in the mirror and you look exhausted, you feel even more exhausted. If you feel exhausted and you look in the mirror and you look actually quite energized and alive, you go, oh, I can do this. I'm okay. So it changes the energetic output and it changes how you self-talk. And I think that's also something that we as a society, as a critical society, critical of others, critical of ourselves, that we can kind of try and step away from. Because when you look in the mirror and you like what you see, even if you don't love all your features, like, you know, I always go like, I hate my nose, da, da, da. but if you really look in the mirror and you see something that you like, whether it's your skin quality or the radi- you know, the light bouncing off of the radiance, whatever, then it sets you up to feel good. And when you feel good, you feel empowered. And when you feel empowered, you do things and you make a change and you show up for your friends, your family, society, work, what have you. So it's the two are very inextricably linked. And for all of us who during the pandemic would hit at least one day and say, you know what, today I'm wearing something that is not relaxed wear or exercise (laughs) wear, and I'm going to do my hair and I'm going to put on makeup, even though I might not be getting out of the house, you know exactly what that feeling is. Totally. And, uh, and, you know, so much of that is just when everything's changing, the only thing that I have consistent that I have control over it's myself right. and where I invest my time, my energy, my resources. And sometimes it is, like you say, just getting up, putting on a cute outfit, doing your hair, putting on some wicked eyeliner and feeling. I need like, help with that. <laughs> you know, and then just feeling like you're Greta Garbo. Like, I mean, I was like, okay, throughout the you know lockdown, let's just pretend we're fabulously famous recluses. And this is just part of the life we're living, right? <laughs> so fun so fun I felt like when the pandemic happened we went online and then I felt you know when you become online all of a sudden you start going what is that really what I look like oh that's true you know you it's I was like oh time to get back to the dentist time to go get that face you you could get out you were like oh but on camera it looks like this and they're like, really? Because we don't see it. And I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, we did go online. And we're all looking at ourselves. I mean, even now I'm talking to you. I'm like looking here, but I'm looking at me. I'm looking at that. And you yeah. know, we're all, we, we're so in our own faces. Then why don't we, instead of buying all of these products that we are unhappy with, or we're like, well, it didn't work. And why is it so hyped? And really invest in something very simple that does give you that results, does give you that improvement. And I think, you know, we we're educated now in a a way that we weren't before. You know, we're not our parents. We're not our grandparents. We have access to information right at our, you know, on our phones that are in our face all the time. I'm getting, even myself, I'm getting tips and tricks from TikTok or Instagram or what have you. And so when you have um, a more educated consumer, they ask more of those pertinent questions. And when you are hyper aware and plugged in with skinfluencers like Carolyn Hirons or Sally Hughes or um, Alexander Steinhardt, who are giving all this information, 
then you have to have a product that is not going to just do a good job, but it's going to have to wow an audience who are reading about retinols and retinoids and vitamin C and hyaluronic acid and squalane and niacinamide and, and who are becoming little chemists at home, right? So it's very interesting. And I think that the, the testament of Augustinus Bada doing so well in this hyper-aware climate of the savvy, educated consumer is a testament to the fact that the science is just breakthrough next level and you just can't come close to it anywhere else. And I hope everyone out there listening who might think, well, I'm not a celebrity. I don't have red carpet events. It takes that step. And even if it's just one of the products from the line, as you mentioned, realize it's worth the investment in yourself and in the product, it will stave off procedures and higher level facials for years to come by using that product on a daily basis. And so go out there and try it. And also, you know, we're all celebrities. Let's be real. We are all <laughs> celebrities in our own world. And what do I mean by that? Okay, we whether it's our Facebook family vacation posts, whether it's our Instagram, just chilling at home, we're all so used to taking our pictures now or sharing our lives with other people that we, of course, we want to look our ultimate best. We're all in Zooms now. We're seeing each other. Okay, we don't have paparazzi chasing us down the street and we're maybe not all bedecked in diamonds, but we are still putting ourselves out there. And so uh, whether you are a celebrity or you're not, we all have to face up to the fact that we're more exposed, often by choice, than we have ever before. And so why wouldn't you want to look your ultimate best? So when you look back on that dream vacation, that post-COVID vacation, when finally you could be with your family, you could be with your kids, you could be with your husband, you can do your second, you know, renewal of your vows or what have you. Why would you not want to invest in something that keeps you looking as like yourself and empowered in that guise than you did before? Um, I think that's also really important. And, And I also say just very quickly, you know, yes, I work with celebrity for red carpet, but we also throughout our lives had red carpet occasions that are our own. Uh, there's no difference between the preparation for the Oscars or the Met Gala next week than your wedding. And there's no different from your, you know, your Ruby anniversary party or your graduation from high school or your bat mitzvah or whatever the situation might be. There are occasions of which we are there. And when you are doing these big events in life, you want to look back on those pictures and go, I I love that moment. I remember the moment. I don't want to look back and go like, what the hell was going on with my face? (laughs) What was that haircut? You know, we want to, to be mindful of that. So maybe the stakes feel different because there's less people judging them, right? But we're all our own worst critics. So let's do what we can on the daily to look and feel connected to ourselves. And I think when you look back on an image of yourself, if you feel connected to the self, do the person that you were then and who you are now, that's all you really want to get out of life. This was so much fun. I don't think we knew we were going to have such an in-vibe conversation. So we will um, have links in the show notes for anyone who wants to learn more about Augustinus. I'm going to have to phonetically write that down. Yeah. Augustinus Botter about Lord Gavin. We'll link the social media. We'll link the website. And also um, check out our social media when you're listening to this podcast because 
Um, the Botter family, along with Neiman Marcus, has been kind enough to send along um, some promotional materials that we're going to have a fun giveaway. So check that out if you're lucky enough to be listening to this um, contemporaneously with when it's broadcast. We'd love for you to check that out and maybe get some trial products of your own. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing this wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited to come and yeehaw down in Texas with y'all. You are welcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining our conversation today. For more information or to learn more about InVibe Life, we hope you'll visit us at www.invibelife.com. You can find links and show notes for this episode on our podcast page. Please like, follow, and leave a review for our podcast. We hope that you will listen again soon.